Hi guys, it's Tony Robbins. You're listening to Habits and Hustle. Crush it. All right, you guys. So today we have a great podcast because we have one of my dearest friends, Cam, and his crew called Get Engaged to to be our guests on Habits and Hustle. And some of them even flew very, very far to be here. So thank you. And it's great to have you guys. Um, I'm glad to hear it. Thank you. Good to hear it. Mm -hmm. This is Ben, Alex, and I said Cam, and their company is called Get Engaged. And they are probably the top at this at this point influence influencer and social marketing agency and what they do is they take your brand and they will actually what they do is they create and build on your brand they're a you said it earlier what was that word we talked about an accelerator an accelerator that's right um so why don't we first just talk about all three of you guys what who you guys are how did you guys start this business do you want to start with let's start with you ben sure um I'm Ben. I'm uh, originally from Columbia, South Carolina. Um, grew up uh, with a dream of being in music. I chased that dream for a while. I had some uh, very mild success. I would definitely say I was kind of a hometown hero in my in my uh, hometown of Columbia, South Carolina. Uh, musically, sold out a bunch of shows. Uh, went on a few, you know, southeastern and national tours. Uh, really tried to break into the music business. Um, moved to Atlanta to try to further that dream. Uh, felt like music was plateauing a little bit. I started to have more interest in business uh, than I did in like being the center of attention. I kind of want to be behind the scenes making plays. So um, I started linking with a few different celebrities that I knew. Uh, it was a kind of a side hustle for me at the time, helping monetize their Facebook pages with editorial and video content. Uh, met Cam, we had been friends for a few years. Cam's obviously super plugged, he knows everybody. Cam is like the connector to the connectors. I yes, mean, that's like, yes. that's unbelievable. Yes, he knows everybody and if he doesn't, he'll know them in like four minutes. I mean, it's unbelievable. You are, you're like the most socially and it's, genuine like you 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 know how to network like nobody's business and you do it in such a nice genuine way that people just naturally like love you most likable dude most likable guy i mean that's how we we were just saying like we met because i was we're at a a party and i wanted to leave and we're on a mountaintop so who drives me down the mountain is you and well well the rest is history so yes so yeah he, he came in my office i was working on some other uh business stuff at the time um cam Came in my office. Uh, we had a meeting. He said, "Hey, I heard you're, you know, doing this Facebook monetization stuff. I know a bunch of people. I can bring some clients to the table." I was like, "All right, that's cool. Let's partner on it." And uh, we rapidly grew within a few months, um, and we gelled as business partners. We were in a co-working space, and Alex was working with another company. I'll let him tell his story, but basically, um, you know, Alex being Alex was. The inquisitive guy he is was asking us what we were working on all the time. We knew, <laughs> Alex. we knew how brilliant Alex was. We had all been friends for a long time. We knew he'd be an asset as a third partner. So as we kind of grew, we looked at, started to look at other verticals that we could be in, in the social media slash digital marketing space. 
we brought him on as a third partner and the rest is history. That was in 2016. So before we even get into your stuff, Alex, because uh, you're they, they're correct. You are very, very smart. Every time I speak with you, I learn something. Uh, I try. And, and you're great. Uh, so you're really, your specialty, Ben, was much more about the, the digital, the monetization of ads or just how to kind of like boost uh, an, an impression. Can you kind of just explain what your specialty is, so to speak? Yeah. Because I should say, I wanted to say, I didn't say this at the beginning, but you guys work with everybody in the music business to actually just any other kind of brand offline from The Weeknd and a million other artists to athletes. And give us some of the clients that you work with so people understand. I know some of the big music ones, but like give give people tell people like how your range you guys your range is so deep and good right so yeah i i mean i think that we are we're a bit of a uh an anomaly for a, a marketing agency there's not i don't know if another one exists that runs socials for celebrities uh also runs socials for big brands has a whole content creation and design department, a paid media department, runs marketing campaigns for the biggest artists in the world from The Weeknd to Lil Baby to Megan Thee Stallion um, to Justin Bieber, uh, and also has a department that runs campaigns for T-Mobile, Raising Canes, LG, really, really big companies, and right. smaller ones too, but um, that, I think that that's kind of made us, when you work with uh, big corporate brands, you have to have a certain level of professionalism mm -hmm. with the way you execute things. And we, we were able to bring a lot of that into the music space. Uh, and I think it's what has really helped accelerate us in, uh, in the music and entertainment space because there's a, definitely a void for that in yeah. the music business. Absolutely. And that's why, that's, why, that's why you guys are sitting here of your success. So Alex, now it's your turn. Uh -oh. Yeah, I know, right? So tell us what your secret sauce is and how, what, your, what your role in Get Engaged is and your background. Yeah, so I came from the music space. Uh, I was managing artist, And I think that... Really, my life, I've tried to almost talk as much as I can to kind of figure out who I need to talk to more. Mm -hmm. um, I, I just was always taught growing up that if you don't say anything, you, you can't say the wrong thing or the right thing. And so for me, it's just been about figuring kind of how to read a room, but also just how to go to everyone in the room and, you know, on the back end, figure out who was the right people to talk to and kind of work from there. Mm -hmm. uh, and so uh, I went into the music business purely by chance uh, at a meeting, actually, Cam was at the meeting, um, and it was an artist, it was a hip hop artist, Waka Flocka, and he had a tour going out the next week, actually, and I just said to him, hey, what are you doing for merch? And that conversation went from us doing the deal on merch to tour management, yes, that's yeah. a short form, for that. <laughs> um, to eventually management. And I think that that was one of those things that I always figured that music was a conduit to business it was a staircase to getting into business in a quicker fashion than taking meeting by meeting because you had something that people wanted and so you were able to engage and build relationships off of kind of that desire of wanting to interact with the artist and i did that for four years or so uh and then by chance got into the software space i had buddies that were building uh buildings for amazon um and got into a location-based task management system that's completely unrelated to music. Uh, did that for 
about two years and eventually sold that company to Amazon. And that led us into end of 16 when I came on with uh, Ben and Cam and the rest is history, I guess. Wow. So then what is your specialty then? Because you kind of, you, you kind of seem to be a jack of a lot, master of a lot of trades here. You're a great, so you're a great networker. You know how to read a room. You go with the other stuff that you just mentioned. Like, what is that one thing where you think is your secret sauce that kind of adds the, that flavor to get engaged? Yeah. So I think that there's two ways to build a business, right? There's, you're either good at something mm -hmm. or you're good at relationships and then amplification of those relationships. Mm -hmm. So it's, if we're good at, you know, cutting grass, then we can be a great landscaping company, or we can just know a lot of homeowners and HOAs and figure out what to be good at and who to hire. And I think that I've always been one of the second approach, right? I'm never, I'm not technically, I don't know how to like, actually, I'm not a developer, right? But how to software a company, um, because I was able to understand what Amazon needed and then execute on that need. So I think for us, how we've built our business has been, we've built relationships, which Cam is really good at. Ben is also really good at relationship building. And well, so are you really. I, I, sometimes. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um, you guys are all really good at the same thing, right? right. So that's why it's interesting because then I hear your, Ben, I hear your background. I know your background, Cam, who's like the ultimate networker. Same with you, Alex. So because you guys all have the same strength, mm -hmm. how do, where does the, who kind of like does the weakness? Like what is your weakness that you need to have help with that Ben and Cam can help you with and vice versa to all of you guys? It's going to be a shameless plug for Adderall, but uh, ADHD. <laughs> um, I, I think that yeah. for me, my biggest weakness is probably Ben's biggest strength which is execution, okay. I, you know, execution, you got to have someone that can execute. The, the whole business, business in general is all about execution, right? Your idea is only 1% of it, that. right? Yeah, absolutely. So it's either you hire executors right. or you have partners that are executors. And, and so I think that exactly. that's my weakness is execution. I'm really good at getting things to the finish line. And I think that's probably a testament to ADD and, and that <laughs> world, which could be a whole other topic, but uh, right, it's a whole other podcast right. we could talk about. Yeah, I think so we I all think can, right, probably he's one of the best talkers I've, I've ever I've ever seen. Amazing. So, so he sometimes relies on us to put all the pieces together, right? To actually execute exactly. and and deliver. No, it's a hundred percent true because whenever I speak to, I'm, I'm always I'm always captivated and enthralled by what you say. Like I said, like even before this podcast, you know, no matter what I say, you can go on about it and say it in a way that I actually feel like I'm like gaining value. I'm learning something. Like you process information very well. I'd have been a heck of a teacher. No, I'm no. just kidding. <laughs> no, My lifestyle wouldn't be conducive to being a teacher. No, but, yeah. well, listen, I mean, yeah, maybe not. But so then, Ben, you're the executor, really? I, I, yeah, I mean, I, I think Alex has discredited himself a little bit because, um, you know, we, we both flew here and we sat beside each other on the plane and I looked over and he was writing a 10 page proposal um, that one of our directors had put together most of the bones of, but he was going in and adding stuff and making sure that this proposal for this really big deal we're working on was right and was going to get shipped out the door and, and be, be correct. Um, I think that Alex just kind of goes in a lot of different directions. His uh, brain just goes 100 miles an hour. Like I can like sit down with a list of things I need to do that day and I can mow through them one at a time. And I can just, hey, you need to do this, you need to do this and like kind of orchestrate things. Um, I would say that also um, I'm, I'm probably, you know, Cam is, a, a really likable, nice, uh, fun personality. Everybody loves him. Um, Alex is definitely like a jokester in the office and stuff. 
Uh, I probably fall into the uh, category of the disciplinarian. (laughs) Um, You know, I can be tough on people. I set really high expectations for people because, um, and and this might be another story for another day, but uh, I came from really humble beginnings and I moved to Atlanta with nothing and was able to get the ball rolling to be able to build this business with them. So like I knew what I was able to create out of myself. So I'm like, hey, you have an opportunity to work at a disruptive company that's like doing groundbreaking things. Like, don't mess this up. Right. Don't mess it up for yourself and definitely don't mess it up for us as owners that took a chance on you. So if you guys are, if you're the, that, that was well said. And so that if you're the executor, what is your weakness that they provide for you? Uh, I'd say that my weakness probably uh, is, can, at times can be effective communication. I think I've made great strides on that. And I think the other one is probably being, uh, I hate the word sympathy, but being like empathetic mm. for people. Like, you know, cause I'm just like, okay, cool. You're having a bad day. Like do your job. I'm, I've had bad days and I get my job done too. I have, sometimes I have a hard time seeing it through other people's shoes. Right. I, that's something I probably should improve on. But yeah, I mean, we all, another thing is, is that we all, even though he comes from music and he understands the music space, like I, from being an artist and just being like a, like I really am into music and like the business side of music. So naturally as we built out the music marketing division of the agency, I kind of fell into place with overseeing that and building that. Um, Alex, you can put him in a corporate boardroom and he knows how to navigate the conversation and talk that talk. So he falls into that space, you know, someone's having a Grammy party and you know, you're going to be there till two, three in the morning and you you need a guy that's going to look sharp in a tux and be able to walk around the room and get 15 phone numbers and walk out of there with a a few leads on some big deals. It's no better guy than this guy. So we all kind of found our This is like such a like big promotion just for how great Cam is. That's what this podcast should be called, right? Like Cam's so great. Cam's so friendly. Everyone loves Cam. You should have a show called Everyone Loves Cam. Cam's habits and hustle. Yeah, exactly. So then Cam, now let's talk about you. So now we know all your great stuff. What's your weakness that these guys help provide or that getting that you kind of, you, you know, you guys work with each other to make your company so successful? I think we all balance each other out really well. Um, you know, it do, this doesn't work without all three of us. It right. really doesn't. Um, I think just the structure and the organizational component, they've been amazing on, you know, helping me. I'm, you know, obviously a really good connector. I like to bring people value. Um, it goes both ways within a relationship. But, um, you know, I just them, them, you know, being my backbone, you know, yeah. Helping me stay organized on point. I'm I'm always a list guy. Like I make lists. If I if I say I'm gonna do something, I'll write it down and I'll make sure it gets done. But you know, these guys really? help Does me. I- <laughs> these guys help me yes. with the backbone of the execution and everything. And just we work we work really well together. Right. Yeah. No, I, I agree with that. I think also just important how you from just talking to you guys now, just the idea that you guys seem to be very self-aware of what your strengths are, what your weaknesses are, how you guys help balance balance each other out, because it's very hard to um, grow a brand, grow a business, um, be successful when you don't have that awareness, right? right. Because then like, there's always like, you're, you're, there's like, there's like a blind spot. Um, and so that's also a good segue into what I want to talk about, right? Which is what your business is and what you guys do really well. 
Uh, and now I feel like it's a great time because the whole, I feel like marketing has shifted so much from where it used to be 20 years ago. Right. So let's talk about that. Like how the business has actually shifted from 20 years ago until where it is now. Alex, do you want to take this? Yeah. I mean, I think that the biggest thing is the ability to target people. Mm -hmm. I think that's probably the biggest change. Uh, if you go back to the days of television, even in the nineties, if you look at an episode like Seinfeld, Mm -hmm. If I'm running an ad on Seinfeld or a commercial, it was very specific to that audience. And so I'm putting my eggs in the basket of the audience in which I'm basically delivering an ad to. And I think that for us today is you're able to test on a much smaller scale with certain audiences through paid, through influencer, through social media, and figure out the content that works and then amplify that content. And I think that's the biggest thing. And the difference is is it the cost of marketing while you can still spend money and it's not something that it, mm -hmm. you have to spend less to get to that audience, but you can really figure out what works and what doesn't work for a lot less of a cost and then execute on the strategy that works versus nine, you know, in the nineties, you had to kind of trust that the target audience you were going after, which was built off of Nielsen and other ratings that we don't have to go into that right, weren't right. that effective, but um, th that's really the main difference. And so I think that what we've done is really built a team and, and leaned on the fact that we are in touch with culture, we're in touch with socials, we're in it every day. And so we're able to go to companies that have been around for a hundred years, that have been around for 50 years, that are really good at what they do, but together we can be really good at something that marries their world of being good at building a product, a service, whatever it may be, and us knowing influencers, us knowing social media, us knowing how to navigate that space, coming together to be highly more effective than if they were doing it on their own or if we were doing it on our own. I like to catch them up a little bit. Right, right, right. That's you know, it, but, but get, it's, them, get them up to speed. No, 100%. No, it's true because like even me, like I feel, even me, I don't mean it like that, but like, you know, like I feel really old in a lot of these, in these, a lot of these arenas and I don't mm -hmm. think I'm like that old, but like it's really important to be current with what's happening in the times and right. stay relevant, right? And so, you know, I think when we talk about like marketing 20 years ago versus marketing now, I think the first thing is we never had social media back then. We never had had, you know, there was no such thing as influencer marketing, social media marketing, which is kind of like what you need to be a successful brand, be it even an individual brand, be it an old brand like Coca-Cola or whoever else. Can we like just talk about that a little bit? Like where did like, so how, when, when this whole thing shifted, so when people come to you, be it an individual or a brand what do they usually ask for? What do they usually, what is their, what is their pain point, so to speak, that they need from you to help uh, basically deliver on? I think there's one thing you said that I want to hit on real quick, which yes. is you said, so social media is a new concept, yeah. right? Relatively, you look back to Facebook was 04, 05, it kind of picked up 06, 07, yeah. 08. Influencer marketing has been around. That's true. I was going to say it's shifted. Like it's yeah. so true. Like an athlete used to be an influencer, right? Like radio. Michael, radio, right. right? Like let, let's talk about how it's made it different. Yeah. Like how it's kind the of key word is access. So Cindy Crawford, influencer. Um, if you go back and look, Heidi Klum throughout from when she was young, she's been an influencer, right? An influencer, you're an influencer, you're an influencer, he's an influencer. The only difference between an influencer with 30,000 followers and 30 million followers is the audience you're speaking to, right. right? My mom's an influencer, his mom's an influencer. It's because you influence a subset of people, right? And so 
The only difference is, is that if Cindy Crawford influenced people, there's just no access to her. So the only way you could be delivered content from her was through a massive paid promotion with a major makeup company or a fashion company, or oh, she was the spokesperson. Sure. So that's the biggest difference is there's now direct and immediate access to all of these individuals to be able to feel like you're a part of their life and to feel like you can get something from them. And that's the biggest change since even the, the you know, 50 years ago. That's true. Okay, then how about social media? Because we never had social media back then. And now it feels like that if you don't have a social media following that has any, any type of real relevance, like a, a large social media following, you're not, you're not relevant anymore. So people have a lot of extra pressure and a whole other like area in their marketing budget, so to speak, that they have to now make, put money towards to enhance their social media uh, importance and visibility and everything else. So do people come to you, let's say, you know, make up one, make up any brand or talk about, give us some case studies of what you did for certain people. So then people can listen and be like, you know what, this is really valuable. I think that a lot of people are, have a lot of confusion going on, right? Because they hear all these buzzwords, influencer marketing and this and that, but there's nothing that they can really like, that's not tangible that they can really kind of, you know, use that information that they can actually use or apply to their own brand or individual enhancement, so to speak. Yeah, so I'll give a short answer and then bounce past to Ben and Cam, but um, there's no individual in the world that would probably be more apt to listen to, let's take Coca-Cola, let's mm -hmm. just use a, a big brand. Yep. Uh, if Coca-Cola- Do Coca-Cola? So we don't work with Coke, and uh, I think, you know, it's interesting because they're a hometown, they're from Atlanta. And, yeah, that's uh, why I thought maybe you did. Yeah, but I think Coke's a good example because that's a brand that has been connected to culture for years and Coke does a really good job at kind of, I would say building brands and purchasing brands that mm -hmm. uh, no matter if soda becomes something people don't want as much, then they get water or they get a sports drink or they they're able to kind of navigate the space because they've built a big enough company right. to do so. They can pivot from one of their products to another. Right. Exactly. Right. And I think that for, for someone like Coca-Cola, the reality is while people drink, Coca-Cola or they drink Dasani or they drink any brand that's under their umbrella. Hearing from Coca-Cola is cool, but hearing from an influencer who's built a following that people listen to talking about Coca-Cola is cooler. And so that's where influencer marketing comes in and that there's tons of studies out there that say that a voice of a Steph Curry or a LeBron James or uh, anyone that has influence that's in the spotlight, whether it's an actor, actress, or musician or an athlete, they're more likely to convert a customer than the brand itself. Right. And we see it all the time. Mm -hmm. If we're working with influencers we work with on a daily basis or a weekly basis or a monthly basis, the conversation of us going to that influencer and saying, let's do a campaign, let's work together on this brand, there's a lot more willingness to connect with that individual and to actually talk to them than if Coca-Cola reaches out from the brand side and says, We've got money to pay you to do to do content. This is the way we want it. You've right. got to listen to the influencer. They've built their audience. It's not the brand that's built their audience. It's you have to listen to them and let them speak to their audience. And that's kind of, I would say, the one thing that jumps out. But I'll I mean, they, they know what's going to perform best on their page because that's the brand they built and they know their page and their audience. And like he, like he was saying, like it doesn't matter if you have a hundred thousand followers or two million followers. That hundred thousand hundred thousand follower person could be more effective because that's the audience that they're speaking to if, if it's code. 
Um, you know, and some of those 100,000 follower people listen to them more because they like them for them and they engage with their content because it's just quality content. So, right. So then do you guys, so let's say that's going back to the whole question of a brand comes to, to get engaged, to get to you guys, to help them be cool or be relevant sure. or, cause that's really what it is, right? Like if a, if a stodgier brand or a brand that's been around or a very corporate brand, let's just say that the corporate and they want to have, they want to elevate their brand or have that coolness factor. Um, do you help with the overall look and feel of the brand or uh, do you help them with brand partnerships? Do you say, you know, who'd be really great for your brand? Let's put you with Drake. I think if Drake and you did a collaboration, like where do you guys come into the mix and make a difference? I, I think it's both. I think, uh, I mean, it depends on the situation. Sometimes it's transactional and they come to us and they say, can you get in touch with any of these five people? Mm, I'm sure, okay. you know, we know that person we can usually get in touch with them directly or really close with their team. Or Cam can. <laughs> um, or, I mean, we've definitely grown into a space where we we have a track record. We've really proven ourselves. Our name rings bells. So people know that they can come to us and we can help storyboard everything, come up with really cool ideas and concepts and help see it through. And as Alex was saying, Sometimes the brands can, uh, you know, come off with like, here's the creative brief. This is what we want them to do. And we do a really good job and we have that trust and uh, collaboration with these influencers and creators and celebrities where we can come up with a concept that's usually uh, a lot cooler and can connect with the audience right, a bit more. Right. And then we're able to go and present that. And it, it's not always just a post. It's hey, how can we make this a bigger partnership and go put it in these 40 locations? Right. And this is what we'll do for on-site activations. And how do we take another partnership with, how do you take a, a, a brand that we're working with and mix it with a music campaign and bring them together? Um, that's, I think, the kind of the magic in it. Yeah. So cohesiveness. I think, you know, go ahead. No, I was going to say what you guys do really well is like you kind of do a lot of like merging of this of the Everything things together. Can you get can you give us an example of something that you guys have recently worked on? Or I got a good one. Um, we we helped with the marketing for DJ Khaled's album, uh, and we did a uh, a um, product placement in one of his music videos for a brand. So we're helping on the music side of things with the marketing. And we also were able to bring a brand to the table that we work with to be in the music video. Right. So everyone kind of helps each other, like in the, in the business, right? Like, it's like, how do you leverage one thing off of the other to build, to build kind of like exposure and, and just build your relationships really. Right. Like that's really what it's about at the end of the day. Right. right? Absolutely. Or if we have a social media client that we run their socials, you know, presenting them a music, um, promotion offer that coincides with their content as well. It's that cross pollination that we like to blend everything. So, so like if someone comes to you, like a, like just an artist, all right, let's say a Drake, a weekend, whoever mm -hmm. else, like Megan Stallion, oh, a thousand, I can name a million. Was that her name? Even I probably pronounced it wrong. The Megan Stallion. Okay. Sorry. Sorry. Told you I'm out of touch. You need to help me rebrand. Um, <laughs> I was going to say that, um, how these people already have like millions of followers. What do you do with them? You just manage it because it's a business. Like I think a, a lot of times when they're, they're that big, there's a whole business onto itself that needs to be taken care of. Correct. Right. Yeah. I think 
Ben speaking to that as far as how we navigate the music space is uh, is his world. So bounce past. No, I, I think uh, well, there's there's two divisions in our agency that I can speak to with that. One is the marketing campaigns and rollouts for the project. Mm, I think okay. that's more often than not we're collaborating with the record labels, which we've earned a lot of their trust because we executed a professional level, we're really um, responsive. Rob, our director of music marketing and the rest of our team has, um, you know, they've put, they put the effort in to run really professional campaigns. We collaborate, we communicate, we give them fresh ideas. We're honest and transparent with them. Hey, this will work, this probably isn't working. This isn't connecting, we should pivot and change. Um, that's the campaign side of things. Going back to what you were saying about them having millions of followers and how do you, I guess help them not only amplify but organize their mm -hmm. social presence. I think it's finding a way to help them effectively communicate across all channels. We actually had uh, a girl that worked for us do a case study on what it would take for, and this is a different division. This is our, our brand management team that actually manages the digital presence for celebrities. Many of them are musicians. And she did a case study on what it would take for a popular musician in this day and age who really needs to have a TikTok, a Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, community number, so on and so forth. The amount of hours that have, would have to be put in if you used best practices to manage each platform. And she got it down to like 70 hours a week. Oh my so God. without, a, without an agency partner, it's almost it's impossible. It's impossible for yeah. someone to do it. And then you can go out and hire an assistant to do it, but do you get that agency support and backbone of like our content creation and design team? And we're probably also running your music campaigns and you get this like kind of home of a very diverse multicultural team that has experience in all different kind of verticals that can like really know how to speak to your brand. And um, I think that, uh, you know, Solomon and, and the rest of the team on the brand management team has done a really good job with uh, helping us, you know, carve our name out in that space. Well, thank you, Ben, for that piece of information. I didn't. So it's about 70 hours a week just to manage all of the different social media platforms. Yeah, effectively. Effectively. Yeah. That's exactly. Okay. If you I, went by their best practices right. that they suggest. Right. So then I shouldn't feel so bad or a lot of people listening shouldn't feel so bad because it is a massive business. Like I get mad at myself that I'm only posting every like, you know, few days because it's like with your real job and real life out offline and then in incorporating this like online piece that is becoming more important than even your offline business. Right. I mean, how do people even how does like a regular person even manage their brand if they're, you know, it, you know, to be, to kind of like stand out, like how do, does somebody in a crowded space when they're not, when they're competing with lots of company, companies that have, or people that have a lot of money that can do it properly, how does someone stand out and build a brand in a crowded space? I think you have to find your lane. And, and I think that that's a lot of times people try to emulate what's working. And, and I think that as you try things, you have to try things people aren't doing. Right. It's mm -hmm. why trash men get paid more than a more desirable job is because there's not as many people that want to do it. Mm -hmm. And so I think that as you start to develop who you are, what's your channel, right? Mm -hmm. If you want to be, and I think we've talked about this, but if you want to be ESPN and that's your channel, <laughs> ESPN isn't just Sports Center. It's not just First Take. It's not just a singular show. It's 
a ton of shows put together to make a network or to make a channel. And I think that if people start to think like that and what are you, why are people coming? The word like is, it's not there because people just double click. It's because it's supposed to be there that people like your content. And if you're putting up a picture that might get higher engagement, what are you doing on the back end of posting that picture on the other aspects of the channel? So if you're on Instagram and you post on your feed, what are you posting on your story? Because you're gonna have traffic if that's a highly engaged piece of content you're putting out on your feed. And so you have to be able to answer that. You have to be able to put out a diverse aspect, like a diverse kind of group of content. You can't just put out pictures of yourself in a bathing suit or in a suit or in whatever it may be. You can, but eventually you're gonna realize that you're gonna start to fall flat. Your growth will stagger, you start to lose followers. And it's because eventually, people have seen the same piece of content over and over and over and over and the social platform will get sick of it and you'll see that too. Mm -hmm. But then also your followers will want something else. I think it involves your followers too, sorry. No. Um, ask them a question, ask them a question that they will engage with and want to engage with, you know? Yeah. Um, speak to them, like they're there to, to be involved in your life, so involve them. You know, that's like he was saying, stick out. It, what happens if someone's not very creative, right? And they have this like pressure on them now, like, oh shit, if I want to be successful, if I want my business to do well, I need to be doing this and I can't afford an agency, right? What are some pro tips that people can do in order to build their brand without using an agency, right? Um, you're saying stay in your lane. Does that mean then, uh, not so much brand, like don't confuse who you are with too much diversity. Cause you're saying be diverse but stay in your lane. Yeah, I'm saying don't be afraid to try things. Okay. And I think one of the easiest ways, if you don't have the money, uh, look and follow those who do have the money to mm -hmm. do it and see what they're doing. Because a lot of times you can find and identify new narratives, new ideas, and new things that you can test by watching others. Mm -hmm. And so a lot of people, even at our company, uh, have secondary social accounts that follow the type of accounts they need to be following to watch so it's not your friends and people that you follow from an influencer perspective, maybe uh, that you're kind of consumed with that content, it's people that are relative to your space. So if you have you know, a consumer product brand, have an Instagram where you follow only other consumer product brands so you can watch what they're doing, what's working, compare the content that's getting higher engagement, why, and start to ask those questions and run it like a business. And you're doing R&D, right? Mm -hmm. I'm researching, I'm developing, and then I'm executing. And so I think that uh, that's one thing that people probably miss is really identifying those in the marketplace and actually consuming their content. If you want to start a podcast, you should probably listen to some podcasts. Mm -hmm. uh, that's probably the best approach to understand what works and what doesn't work. Right, 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 right. Two to three good points out of every one, you know? Right. Combine it into your. It's time to get back to the beach with America's favorite vacation company, Apple Vacations. Book your summer getaway with confidence and enjoy a one-stop vacation shop filled with exceptional values, personalized service, and so much more. With popular destinations like Mexico, the Caribbean, Central America, Hawaii, and the continental U.S., there's a sun-splashed option for everyone. Each all-inclusive Apple Vacations package includes round-trip airfare, hotel accommodations, all meals, drinks, entertainment, and tips. Non-stop transfers are also included at no additional cost at select hotels. And for a limited time, you can take $75 off your stay at Ibero Star Hotel and Resorts with promo code 
Sun 75. Don't wait. Go to applevacation.com slash habits dash hustle to get the steal of a deal to your favorite Ibero Star Hotel or Resorts today. Give me a couple other pro tips. I think you just got to, sometimes you got to swing for it. I'll, I'll, I'll go back to music. I might, I, I might be off by the exact number here. I can't remember. I read this a while back. I think it was 75 uh, artists were signed to major label deals in 2020 off of their TikTok presence alone or having a viral song just on TikTok. You know, th- these kids will have, you know, a million, five million followers on TikTok that they just built organically by themselves, you know, in their mom's basement, but they'll have 10,000 followers on Instagram. But, you know, so I think sometimes it's education about other platforms, but I think that what we're finding now is there's a new generation cropping up of, of uh, younger uh, influencers and kids that are just if you look at kind of the most popular ones, they're pretty fearless with the way they attack social media. Mm-hmm. They don't have any apprehension about trying things and testing things. And like, they just have really figured it out. And I think it's because they came up as consumers and they were able to kind of dissect what worked for them and what kind of moved the meter for them. And now they're on the other side of it. So they're like, well, I know what works. Cause, and, but before that, if you have a, uh, a 35 year old musician who can go out and sell arenas they kind of had to be educated along the mm-hmm. way these last 10 years of social media and it's really if you really think about it it's really been like 2013 14 on where it was like you know starting to be really really important yeah um, it was important beforehand but like it was kind of when instagram really blew up that's when it was like you really need to have a social media impress- presence it's like extremely important so that's really not that long no i know even the ca- our our cameraman chris mm-hmm. over there he has three and a half million followers on tiktok i mean he's a very hard he does a lot of things he's very hard working i love him right there um and i'm like i always said to him, i'm like how did you get like he's like 19 like how old are you 20? 20 yeah 20 years old he's got like millions of followers i'm like how did you do this like what are you doing he's like i just make videos i'm like right. he's but that's his generation right like right. what happens for those you know you know, I'm not, not to like, you know, uh, just not to be, not, not to be just so singularly focused here, but a lot of people probably listening to this is, are not 19 and 20. How do they kind of learn, like besides learning, that's a great one, like watching other people and kind of like, uh, gleaning some of those great, uh, tips. And I think that what you said is very true. It's like, there's a learning curve to all of this stuff. Um, what else can people do who are, you know, a little bit more seasoned in this stuff besides like, a, you know, a 19 or 20 year old on TikTok? And how important are all the platforms? Is Instagram more important than TikTok or now is TikTok over? Is it becoming is TikTok becoming much more important? Where does where does that where's that in the whole place? I think they're all important. Every single platform has their audience. So, for example, you know, if, if you're on Instagram, you're really popular on Instagram, you should create a TikTok and, and cross-pollinate content and, and mm-hmm. be involved in those two platforms. But also, like, even like Snapchat, for example, Snapchat's... It's coming back, I heard. It's, it's huge. Back. The content portion of Snapchat's huge, but it's a whole different audience. There's about 300 million active users a month on Snapchat. And Versus how much on, on TikTok or Instagram? 
TikTok's growing rapidly. Um, I mean, Facebook's still the largest. Uh, who's on? T who's on? My mom's not even on Facebook anymore. I'm right. surprised. There's a lot of countries that Facebook's still the biggest. Use Facebook, you know, wow. but, like, but like Snapchat, for example, like the core audience is what Alex, 16 to 24. Does that sound about right? It depends on probably the aspect of Snap, but core audience 13 to 20. Right, but that's that's very important to to be involved with an app like that, even though like some people don't think it's important. It really is. It's a big niche and it's a big audience crowd. So. Um, I, I just think, you know, people have to really, you know, just buy into to everything involved with social media to make it all work and come together. How about Clubhouse? What do you think of Clubhouse? I, I like Clubhouse. I think that, I think that, uh, you can't really rule anything out. You can decide what works for you. If you don't feel like you're a public speaker or, or you don't want to listen to people talk, then you don't. You don't, you don't have to be on every single platform. You just need to understand that you are avoiding a crowd that could be accessible to you by not being on that platform. There's, if you look at, there's a handful of even back to music. Once again, you got Jay Coles and Kendrick Lamar. I don't like, I don't think Kendrick Lamar has been on social media in I don't know how long, like he hasn't posted a single thing, just completely missing MIA. Yeah. And you know he'll come back and drop an album yeah he'll go multi-platinum and he'll go do an arena tour and he won't have to be active and on his story every day and doing that now that's a one in a million artist why is that why does he get away with that but well, nobody else seems to that's actually a really good topic and i talk to artists about this a lot you know a lot of artists especially up-and-coming artists their managers and you know labels whoever they'll bring them by the office and i'll kind of i try to make myself accessible to people and give them information and uh, I tell people all the time, it's more often than not now, uh, being a character, and I don't mean that in a negative way, but being a character and making people accessible to you as a character is really important for you building an audience. But you occasionally have these uh, new artists, more often than not, they're kind of the older ones that, uh, you know, Kendrick and, and uh, J. Cole, they've, they've been an you know, artist for a while. Rihanna kind of comes and goes, mm -hmm. she pleases, but she's just larger than like, way bigger than music now. But um, you look at the way Beyonce runs her Instagram, it's very calculated, she's not super accessible. There's really big ones that are able to do it. And then you have like a Roddy Rich who can come along and he's not on social media all the time. like you know, showing everything he's doing and document, mm -hmm. documenting his life. But more often than not, you're probably going to have to be pretty accessible on socials. I think that, and it's not a knock to any of those other artists that are accessible as music. Um, Drake is a phenomenal artist and he's pretty active on social mm -hmm. media. He posts on Instagram a lot, but I think that someone like Kendrick, he has developed such a cult following with his music that his music is so much bigger than uh his instagram or like what he's doing that day people care more about like they're really looking forward to him to drop some music right not right, who right. he's dating or what he's doing like that stuff doesn't matter as much to them but more often than not that does because people information is so accessible to people and you have the tmz's and the complexes and the dj academics and all these different outlets are you speaking english right now i don't even know half the things you're saying right <laughs> but the you have all these outlets that are reporting information to people on a daily basis that'll be like do you have a webster dictionary where i can like look up these words <laughs> well, these things? Be like little, yeah. they'll be like little baby bought a new car today and that'll be news now 
<laughs> I know, no, no, I'm teasing you, know you I mean? because you're saying all these like different pl- things that and, and names of artists. I'm sure, like, I cannot. Please tell me I'm not the only one who doesn't know who half these people are. No, I know most of them, but I don't know who Kendrick Lamar. No, I know Kendrick Lamar, but you were saying other things. What were some of those words you were saying? Like common, this, that, complex, complex, complex magazine, academic, academic, complex magazine. I can. I'm gonna do a poll. I'm curious those how many are people. Pages now. You need to know those. Pages. That's my whole. This is that's where you're getting the tea. That's where you're getting the Exactly. That's why you're here. This is why you're keeping me hit. We're trying to keep you here. I know. God, Cam, you got to try way harder. But um, so basically, Kendrick, I know, and of course, I know who he is, but. So there are anomalies, like Rihanna's an anomaly, uh, but most people, Post Malone, Malone, he's he's also an anomaly, he's not on a lot. He's not active, I don't know, I've made a joke with him. You work with him, don't you? Cam's really cool with him. We're really close with their team. And I don't, I've I've hung out with him with Cam a few times and I always, people are like, what's Post like? And I make, he's the nicest dude in the world and I always joke, I don't know him like Cam knows him, I'm like, I don't know if he owns a pair of shoes or a cell phone. <laughs> he's just so carefree. I've never seen him with a phone in his hand. That's he's living in the moment, and like that's what makes him so special. How beautiful! You know? He doesn't care about that. Other Not stuff. everybody can do that, though. No, that's what I'm twisted. saying. Like, don't yeah, get it no, twisted. Like, how is those he? Those kind able? of people he was discussing are anomaly. They're they're very special. They're the best at what they do. And when they're when they come back on social media, their fans are that more engaged. They're, like they're rabid. They're for ready for it. You know what's interesting? People, yeah, people bring so them true. up and use them as an example. Like I talk to artists sometimes that are like, "I want my music to speak for me." Are you? Talk to a brand that like, and he can talk about this, but a brand will, will be like, "Well, we do X amount of millions in sales a year, and social media isn't really a focal point for us. Like, why do we need mm-hmm. it?" And it's kind of like, "All right, well, maybe you can, but." How much more would you be doing with socials? Yeah, but and, yeah, and, yeah and, and music and brands are a little bit different. I think every brand should have a very, very awesome social media presence. But look at Jennifer Jennifer Aniston. I'm just because you're talking about Kendrick Lamar and Rihanna. She's another one who was never on on social media. And then right. the day she the day fastest she went on million, the right? fastest yeah. to twenty million. Sure. Like people are like just obsessed with her. They love her. So there are people who just have this like X quality. No matter what they do or don't do, they have like a fan base that is so like just like supportive and authentic and real and supportive. I mean it's. But Hard most people, do. yeah, well, most aren't doing it. Like most can't. Big people like that, like The Rock or Kevin Hart, for example, they're some of the best at what they do. They're, active. they're very, very active. On active. Social media. Therefore, when they go negotiate a movie, they can negotiate how social media looks within the deal, and they're paid more because yes. of the promotion with their social media. And they're smart about that. That's very and true. Therefore, Rock started his tequila. Yeah, Terramana. Him promoting it on socials has. Completely escalated that brand. Well, he's posted oh, every day. It's going to be a billion dollar. He, he isn't, in, it, like, isn't it a billion dollar brand already? It, already, well, sure. But it, like, it will be for sure. Some million followers. There's a, there's a there's a line there where social's been very important. Oh, absolutely, I agree with that. But for the same on that same note, right? The Rock, who's the Rock? He's he's built his base. Basically, he's the most popular, the most well paid actor, or whatever, or all of the above. Mm-hmm. Um, and he has 200 million followers. I can give you 5 million other people who are doing the same thing he's doing and can't get arrested. They, they can't get past a thousand followers. Right. I mean, why does it work for some? And it naturally starts to track. And with others, 
They literally can't get arrested. They cannot get real, genuine, authentic traction. Because it's up to people. You can do everything right. Thank you for saying that, Ben. The people decide. You know, they picked him. Like, we love The Rock. We love Kevin Hart. They just chose them. There's other amazing comedians out there that won't ever have close to the amount of followers Kevin has. Right. The people just chose them. They like them. There's, There's people that play the lottery every day. There's people that play once in their life that win. Right. That's so I think true. that you, you have to I look at analogies. Huh. I'll give you a PSA, right? <laughs> yeah. Yes. I think that the biggest thing is people need to stop overanalyzing their content. We deal with this. So if we come in and we're working with a brand day one, it's the first thing we're looking at, whether we're conversing about it or not is, is that are they treating social content like they treat television content? Are they treating social content like traditional media, radio, billboard, print? If they are, they're approaching it the wrong way because you have to ask yourself, what is the worst thing that can happen? Mm -hmm. The worst thing that can happen is you pull the content down. Now there's obviously Mm -hmm. one-off stories of content that uh, wasn't thought through probably enough and that has been worse. But if you develop a strategy where you're putting out more content, you're not overanalyzing, you're not having 11 revisions and going to four different groups within an entity to get approvals, that will slow you down in the social process. And so when we start working mm-hmm. with brands, we start to analyze that. We start to redevelop a strategy that allows us to take their brand, their narrative, and what they've done, and how does that port over to 2021? How does that port from a 40 and 50-year-old audience to a Gen Z and a young millennial mm-hmm. audience? How do we start to read? Because it can be the same brand. And I think when we talk about Post Malone, and we talk about Kendrick Lamar, it's a little different while they're both brands they're no different than a major brand because people want access to that the difference is is coca-cola can't go six months dark and then come back and start posting again right because it's something that i still have to go to the store and buy right i can go listen to post malone's music and post malone actually makes money off that so it's a little more easily accessible yeah right i don't have to go to the store and buy a physical cd i can literally take out my phone click on Spotify, click on Apple, click on any of the DSPs and start consuming music and consuming content. So that's just, I think, a little difference. But I think that people need to stop thinking that today is 20 years ago. And that's what we're going to see a shift in all these CEOs. And it's no knock to CEOs. We love CEOs and CMOs of brands. But I think that the ones that we've seen be most successful are the ones that will listen to those who are in it. Right, we're not out there consulting people on the best strategy for them to target uh, what was good in 1990. We're here talking about how do you build your brand, amplify your brand, and distribute content for your brand today, right. not 20 years ago. And so, if people start to listen, that's when the effectiveness you can see an exponential increase in results because of the fact that they're open to working with people that are in it every day. That's such a great point. And I I can see that happening probably in your world all the time because people get stuck in what, what they're, what they know, right. And what they don't know is kind of scary. And so even if you're like, you know, you're slightly, you're, you're interested and you kind of want to know what's happening, but you don't understand it. The learning curve is so hard sometimes that it's like hard to probably like relinquish that control. And you must see this, like you said, how, how often more than not do you have the CEOs and the CMOs who can't like just let you go and do what, you, what they hired you for because of the problem, right? 
A lot. A lot. I'm sure. sure. You, can't, you can't force it. Like, for example, DJ Khaled's awesome at what he does in music. Right. But in the past couple of years, he's made a resurgence and, and garnered so many other audiences because of how organic he's been within his social media. Like, he'll take you throughout his day. He'll just pull out his phone and whatever he's doing during the day, he'll, he'll put on his socials and it's, it's all natural and real and people relate to that. And he's gotten so many more opportunities now because of his social media presence and how much it's grown from just being himself. So what? you can't force things. You can't, right. you can't do the four revisions and whatever. Just be yourself at the end of the day. And just, but if you're trying to rebrand yourself and mm -hmm. that's, I think that's very true. Right. But, uh, you know, he, he obviously was somebody, DJ Kelly, who, who brought you into his world and it helped really elevate and grow his brand mm -hmm. uh, because he needed it, right? Kendrick Lamar or Rihanna don't need to do that. In fact, I feel like because they're not doing it, people are, are even that much more interested in them, right? Like Rihanna has this like mystery about her or Kendrick Lamar has this mystery about him. Right. So when people, when they are, when they are around or Beyonce, but you're like that much more like interested and captivated. So it, whatever happened to like the, you know, kind of the whole idea of less is more, right? The whole idea that like now that the more, the less you know of me, like the whole like old Hollywood, right? That the, the more like, the, the more like sexy I am, the more like mysterious I am, the more uh, popular I'll be. Mm -hmm. Now it's like literally the antithesis of that for most people, except the, the anomalies we talked about. I think it just depends on, uh, who, you got to do what's right for you. Um, but that's just a platitude, but really whatever Cal happened Cal to and it. Cal was extraordinarily successful before he. Oh yeah, I'm not talking Again, about him. No, yeah, I mean, just, he was doing great. I mean, right, but I'm, what I'm saying. Is those days are over. Basically, he, the old Hollywood he is over. He just decided that he wanted to be a social media guru, accessible, funny. And he's mainstream now because guy, of it. No, you know, it's worked. He I mean, did an interview where he talked about he was posting on Snapchat, and um, you know, I'm not telling the story uh, verbatim, but. And he said that like he went to the mall or something and a bunch of like younger kids ran up to him. Yeah. Cali, Cali, Cali. They all wanted to be on a Snapchat. Like mm -hmm. it became a thing. Oh, for sure. What so, I'm saying, it works. But that it worked for him. But you like, that's just probably not something Rihanna's going to do. And the thing that you got to educate, uh, and this, these are two completely different conversations. The way that there is a lot of similarities with the way you have to communicate with the musician or an actress or a comedian and the way we help them with their brand on our music and entertainment side of our agency. And then and bounce past to Alex, but the way you got to educate the CMOs and the CEOs on why it's so important for them is a lot different because you can, going back to Kendrick, he can disappear and come back and sell tickets and put out music. Like if you are, you're selling a product and you have no social media presence, you're actually probably costing yourself a lot. No, of you sales. are, you're doing yourself a disservice. But I guess my, my question or my point was gone are those days when we used to, I mean, I'm aging myself when people would, when I didn't know everything about Tom Cruise, I just saw him on Mission Impossible and thought he was like, or Risky Business. I thought it was like the hottest thing. I wish I didn't know all the things I did know about some of these people, not mm -hmm. Tom Cruise. I still like Tom Cruise, but I'm saying all these other people, right? Who I, you know, it demystifies people. So I'm saying gone are those days where that demystification, so to speak, helps you with your brand. Yeah. So my point, I guess my, where I'm going with this is where do you see the future of uh, building a brand online is going? 
Um, is it going to get just going to keep on going down this this way? Is it going to take a step back and go back more offline? Alex? It's going to get smarter and smarter. So I, I think that and I want to do something after this, which is like take a product. We can pick one, probably this water. Because okay. here. Yeah, yeah. It's very good, by the way. Thank you. Um, and we should go through like a live branding session on like how to brand this on social. Right. And, and I think that but to your point, as technology gets more and more intuitive with individuals, right? So we now know more of consumer behavior because we can tap into right. what buttons Target am I clicking more. on applications? Uh, how long? There's, there's studies that Apple actually can identify when you go through a breakup because the fact that you can take pictures wow. of an individual from a facial recognition standpoint and you can start to see there's less of this individual, but also the retention or time they spend on an actual picture, that's captured. And so you literally, they can start, so match.com starts showing up for you or a dating site or Tinder or Bumble solely because technology is getting more and more intuitive. And there's, I know there's the social network movie and there's other stuff, but it, there's literally technology is smarter than human beings. Machine learning is coming into play more and more. AI, there's, there's so much stuff that will start to play into understanding an individual so much that I'll give you an Amazon example. Amazon eventually will be able to send a product out to you mm -hmm. and based on data, know that you'll take it, he'll take it, or he'll take it. And that's cost effective to send it to you. You say no and leave it on your doorstep. It'll get sent to him. He says no, it gets sent to him. And as long as the third person takes it, it'll be cost effective for them to start that model. And so you'll start wow. to see all of these things that we don't think of today, like drones and, and just there, there's so many ways to deliver stuff to individuals and it'll get more and more refined. If you look at Amazon, they're building airports, right? They are? They're building it to be more efficient and more oh, effective. Them, yeah. So Amazon's whole play, we don't have to make this a session with Amazon, but their whole play is distribution, right? Mm -hmm. So they go into a market and they wanna make it where if I'm this company, it makes no sense for me to distribute this product and send it to you because there's so much real estate that Amazon owns they can get a product to you quicker and quicker. The average time from you clicking buy on Amazon to being is sub 25 minutes. It's like 22 minutes, probably faster now. So from the time you click, I want this till the time it's in a box in the outbound lane to get shipped out is less than 30 minutes. And that every second they save is millions of dollars. And so I think that as we start to think about products and we start thinking about socials, it's the fact that technology is getting better and better. So people have to understand how to utilize that technology in order to become better and better. Um, quick wow, example. that's amazing. Um, that's a great example. Go off one of our clients. So I was at my house like two weeks ago. I didn't want to go to Home Depot. I was like, how far is Home Depot? It's about 30 minutes away. I needed a screwdriver. So I looked on GoPuff for, for a screwdriver, Phillips head. It was at my door in 16 minutes. Like insane, but GoPuff has wow. distribution houses in every major city. And that's been their key to success is they'll buy all this product, you know, at bulk and put them in their distribution houses and they have drivers that will get it to your door in less than 20 minutes. GoPuff's definitely the future. <laughs> yeah, I think GoPuff is for that kind of thing is. What's the price? What's it's how be out of here. How, that's amazing. What's the price point? Is it like a twenty percent increase in price? Ten percent? Is it? It's, it, it's not. Even, it's like it's like not even it's like not even like a factor. Like, wow. I, mean, I think you have to have a ten dollar minimum order 
but like oh my gosh they're making so money because amazing. they just buy so much in bulk and that's their that's their margin so it's an incredible company that's a great they're buying bev they bought bevmo um, I mean, they continue just to buy assets and they're, they're becoming really, really powerful. As wow. Well. I should, I yeah. should, I want to use, I've never even like thought of using them. It's great. You'll start using them constantly mm -hmm. now. Really? Yeah. Now, it's it, yeah. Because it's just so easy. It's so easy. Accessible. That's the thing, right? If a brand makes it really easy or a company makes it super easy, that's why Amazon's so successful. It's like right. beep and it's there. You're ready. Like in two seconds. Um, okay. I have a couple other questions. Um, do I though? So. Yeah. While you're doing that. Oh, oh, so yes. going back to this, be okay. Okay, okay. yes, okay. So if you are going to put this online, mm -hmm. right? It is online, it, but okay, it's yes. available and Yuzu is my favorite flavor. But um, <laughs> I think that, that the natural first instinct is let's do a bunch of product shots, right? Mm -hmm. So I'm going to set up social. I'm going to highlight the different flavors. I'm going to highlight the benefits. I'm going to highlight the product. Right? right. And so one of the things you have to start looking at beyond the product is who's the consumer mm -hmm. and how do I create content to target that consumer? And so you start to think about why do people drink water? When do they drink water? Right. What flavor profiles target specific people? Are there studies or do we know if yuzu versus lime versus another flavor better for females, males, an older audience, a younger audience? And so you start to develop content strategy not just behind the water, but behind the lifestyle and the audience and the narrative of this water to build a community. The most successful companies aren't the products themselves, if we're talking product brands. Mm -hmm. it, they're the communities that are built. Look at Lululemon. Yeah, Lululemon exactly. is, it, it's a community. It's not just shorts. It's not just leggings. It's not just anything. Spanx. Absolutely. Spanx is a lot about empowerment. Spanx isn't just a product. It's not just leggings to make you and if mm -hmm. you know it's sarah's done a really good job of of building that and you know a client for instance it's really uh near and dear to our heart raising canes raising canes has done an amazing job of building authentic fans as they call them caniacs of the brand mm -hmm. our job has just been to how do we continue to connect raising canes to culture and we do it in an authentic way so we see i can't tell you how many times i've personally seen someone advertising a soda that doesn't drink soda. And mm -hmm. a brand, how's a brand gonna know that? We talk to people, we talk to influencers. If you get authentic connections of people that actually use the product, the content is exponentially better. So going back to be okay is if someone doesn't drink that much water and they hate it, why would you work with them? Mm -hmm. Like what's the actual point of working with them? There is none. Right. It's the same way in traditional, but in traditional, you could get anyone to do it on television because ultimately there wasn't a method and means to see if that person consumed that in their everyday life because there's no access. Right. So now going back to the word access that we talked about earlier is I now have access to watch mm -hmm. what Ben, I mean, I'll use Ben as an example. I, I pretty much know a lot of days what Ben has for breakfast, what he's eating for lunch, what he's eating for dinner, what his family's doing because there's socials. So I can watch, he's got, a, he's got an adorable two-year-old kid. So you can Aww. see like his wife takes his kid to play at the park or they're going on a swing. Again, if Ben had 2 million followers, those other 2 million people would also know what Ben does on a daily basis. And maybe he'd change his strategy on socials a little if he had 2 million followers, but, ulti <laughs> but ultimately at the end of the day, you go back to products. You have to do the same thing. You have to do the same thing, right? And it, it's, yeah. you've got to build a community and you've done that. And it's about 
how do you continue to build and build and build? And then you can bring products into that community. You can bring services into that community. You can bring teachings, lessons, whatever it may be, but you still gotta have that community. No, I think that and when I was actually going to ask, I have another couple of questions. It's funny that you said that I was going to ask you about the authenticity piece. And of course, on the building a community, because at the end of the day, it's all about having an engaged community, right? So uh, and how do you build an authentic, how do you build a community? Not authentic. I mean, authenticity, I, it's pretty, I think that's pretty self-explanatory. But how do you build a community if you're starting with kind of a small amount of people? One to one. You start person to person. So socials is the best way for you to go to someone mm -hmm. and say, so there's, let's go to, let's Snapchat, Instagram. There's hundreds of millions, if not billions of people on these platforms every day. Mm -hmm. Those people are all potential customers. So if I take Raising Cane's or I take, we work with a company called Owen and Owen is a, it's a vegan um, smoothie, basically protein shake, protein drink. Um, you can drink it. They have two versions. You can drink it after you work out. You can drink it as a meal replacement. You can drink it any time of the day. Oh, I like that one. I, I know that one. Yes, yes, yes. I've tried it. We got to get you. No, we got to get you more. Actually, you never sent me any. I had to go to the Sprouts and buy one. Okay, we're sending you some. Thank we're, you. We're going to send you some. <laughs> thank you, Cam. We're also at Whole Foods. Okay, good. Thank you. I know I've, I've actually, I like them. So. No, no thanks to you, Cam. <laughs> so okay. so we work with Owen and, and there, <laughs> there, yeah, there's exactly. two things that we came up with with Owen. One is, is that you can't just look in the fitness community or in the health community mm -hmm. because everyone, while some people don't go to the gym, everyone wants to feel healthy deep down. Mm -hmm. Most people, um, there's, there's occasionally people that don't, but, um, so, so there's that. I know. Right. I was going to say, I looked at you over there, but okay. And that's the straightforward approach, right? Mm -hmm. So it's, uh, you can go to that person that someone says, Hey, I just lost weight or, Hey, I'm trying to find ways to work out, work out more. Or, Hey, I go to lifetime fitness or I go to soul cycle or go anywhere. You can engage with every one of those people one-to-one, right. -one, whether it's direct messages, comments, whatever. Then there's the creative approach. So what we just are in the process of rolling out is a fan page to surprise and delight people called Owen fans. And it's a play on only fans, but it's more of a creative approach. And that's the creative input we can bring which is now it's a raw and uncut look into Owen. So it's it's the product and it's swipe right to see the uncensored version, which oh, is the ingredients. I like that. Yeah. And, and so we're able to go in and, you know, let's say that Cam or you had never tried Owen and you're on uh, Equinox's socials and you're commenting, we can go to you and say, hey, if you work out, you would love our product. We're gonna shoot you a direct message and we're gonna send you some product to try. Because I know that if I convert that individual, they're not a lifetime customer and I can quantify that value and it's exponentially more valuable than it is to not have to spend a dollar to, com to comment to someone and to right. engage with them. So the cheapest consumer online is an owned customer. So if they follow you, that's the cheapest way to advertise because you don't have to spend any money. Right. But to get them to follow you, I guess, is about the cost. You have to be one-to-one -one or you have to be a brand that has this allure. And so we work with brands to develop that one-to-one -one connection, mm -hmm. whether it's at scale and it's posting a picture, but how do you create content that you feel like it's being made for you? Yeah. So no, it's, it's we'll true. It's a lifestyle and a culture. That's what you try to do. Right. With everything. That's a, the, at the end of the day, the product has to be a has to product. speak for itself. It has to be a good product. Is that, is that then a, we can do what we need to do. Is that a, a clean product? Yeah. yeah. I yeah. think I tried the cafe latte one. I mean, you're, you're not going to say no right now. Cold brew. My Cold brew, yeah. My favorite's cookies and cream or vanilla. Oh, I've never tried that so because good. you've never sent me any. But Oh, um, it's coming. It's go better because, I mean, be I love that kind of stuff too. I love that stuff. So please send it to me. I, 
I feel like I've asked you guys like a bunch. Is there anything else that I haven't really gone gotten over that we can go go through? I think we've kind of covered everything. You gave me some tips. Unless Alex, Ben, Cam, is there anything you want to include before I conclude? Uh, we're easy. I mean, are we still rolling? Yeah, we're still going. So you can say anything you want. I, love that. No, yeah. I, don't, I don't know. You just want to talk about. What we have coming up for I, oh, this I have, past year, how it's how it's looked for us during quarantine. Okay. I mean, we've grown a lot. Since oh, I can keep on going. I just wanted to be mindful of your time. I have a bunch of questions. I wanted to ask you about how your business has been impacted through the whole COVID-19. It's really, I, I feel like this is when you probably shined and really kind of accelerated your business. It's been fun. Yeah? It's been fun. I think we've grown, what, over 300% in the last year? By volume, yeah. Employment, yeah. we went from 14 employees to um mid 50s so we're between 53 and 55 employees uh, based out of atlanta went from uh we work in the tech village in atlanta and co kind of co-working space to 4,000 square feet to now we're moving into uh double that size wow uh, continuing to grow really quickly we have some amazing partnerships and i think yeah I, ben and i talk staff, about our staff absolutely I, I really do want to take time to highlight our staff because they Everyone that works for us believes in the vision. Um, right. And we have an amazing leadership team. Um, I'm not sure the exact numbers because we... Aren't you the leadership team? <laughs> no. Well, I mean, yeah, we have okay. directors of departments okay. and associate directors. Well, how many employees um, did you say you're grown to now? I think we're 50. We, we, we hire a lot of people on a weekly basis. Yeah. Now, you know? How many people? It feels like... Full time? Yeah. Yeah. But our, our team wow. is also extremely um, diverse, uh, you know, from male, female, anything that you can think of. We're not like, uh, you. See, I think you see a lot of agencies that can kind of skew one way or the other, racially, whatever it might be. And I think that we've been able to really build a diverse team and people that come from all different backgrounds and they all bring their perspective to the table because it really does marketing it takes a lot of creativity and it takes a lot of uh you know you're gonna have your personal flavor that you add to mm -hmm. things when you market them and i think that's been really important for us but yeah no our team they lay it on the line um sometimes there's deadlines and you're up working till 12 1 in the morning to get it done and they get it done so we could not do it without the team that we built there, there have been troopers i mean we're not a normal nine to five well, of course i of we, course we not. have to we have to work around the clock and like everybody's you know we tell them coming in to the job like it's going to be like that but we create a really good culture we all care about it's each family. other it's a family um and we're there for each other you know, a functional family a functional is yeah. there such a thing we try. Is there something, such a thing? Like I mean, no, I, I was going to say, my question was going to be, how do you build a, how do you build a corporate culture that a community within, the, within your company to feel that way? Because in terms for, for employees to want to stick around and to really build a business and, 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 and scale that business, you need to build a, a community and a, a culture within your within your four walls that people want to really, they feel like they want to be a part of. How do you do that? You have to think about things that they can't get other places, number one. And a lot of that's connectivity. Mm -hmm. So it's, it's, not, it's not building an office that you walk in and 80% of the office is here and there's a hallway to go to the other 20%. It's got to all be in the 100%. Right. It, it's got to be, you can't own a business without 
being involved, right? You, I know that you can build a house without actually getting a shovel and, and being a part of it, um, but you still have to be a part of the development process. You mm -hmm. still have to be a part of picking things out and bells and whistles here. For us, we have shovels, mm -hmm. we have hard hats, we are a part of the growth of the business from every aspect. You know, we, we try to be there before everyone. We try to leave after everyone. We try to really make it a point that, hey, like we're going in this together. It's not y'all are working for us. It's we're working together to build something. We've never taken on funding. We've never, we've never had really outside sources come in to help us. Everything's been bootstrapped. And so we've really, really, really made it a point to pick the right people to build the right team. So when people come to work for us, they're excited, they're proud of it. Uh, they wanna put get engaged in their bios on socials. They, they wanna talk about it to mm. their friends. So I think that's one thing, but then also that relays into brands we work with, right? If you have people that are excited to work for the company, they're excited to work for the client. Mm -hmm. And that's mm. one of the things, if someone's miserable at their job, that, that's gonna display in their work product. And so we do everything we can do to do stuff in and out of the workplace to build that family to let that kind of bleed over into our client base and be the value add to our clients that we need to be and are charity That's giving back to the community you know the, the things that i think that give us the identity of a company that has authenticity and really cares not only about the staff but about who we are about the world in general, and, you know, having integrity with the way that you handle things, mm. and the way you go about conducting business. I think that they believe in it and they feel a connection to it. And a lot of our employees, they hang out with each other outside of work because yeah. they've just gotten so close and they feel part of that family. And, you know, in the past, and we still do, um, we do, you know, we go out on Fridays and go bowling or we take each other to you do. When I'm in town, I, right? <laughs> these guys are holding. Up yeah, now, right. It's uh, like I said at the end of the day, family, and we don't we don't ignore people. If they have an issue or they have a problem, just come talk to one of us. Well, we'll address it. You guys yeah. are all three of all three of you are just super down to earth, kind, great hearted, authentic guys. I like you all, so mm -hmm. I can only and I, you're welcome. And it's I mean that, and so I think it always. It, if you have that at the top and it trickles down, it's basically the point, right? Like if you have that kind of those those characteristics and those values um, at the top, then you're going to, you know, water does find its level. You find those people, they gravitate to you. Um, now, if people want to hear more about Get Engaged or uh, anything, where do they find you guys? Is it a website? Is it online social media <laughs> at, getting, at, getting at get engaged on instagram um yeah and um, we've I'm, redone our I'm entire web office. presence Don't so that's uh just yet. no no, no it's no, next okay. week okay we're in the process of rolling out our yeah, get engaged media. Media. and, and, and okay. if you really the easiest way and kind of a testament to um to our business is if you go on google and just type in get engaged we populate over any engagement companies, any jewelry companies, any wedding companies. So it's uh, I was going to say, have the SEO on that must be kind of didn't spend a dollar either. That's amazing. Keyword who? Um, yeah. So <laughs> I, I think that uh, that's the best place. Um, you know, we from a client perspective, we've never done outside sales. We've never gone after clients. It's always been either client to client referrals, personal relationships. Um, it's something that we've wanted to stick to and and we've you know said no a lot of times to to new clients because it's got to also fit 
um, within, we've got to be able to bring value. Mm -hmm. If we can't bring value, then there's not, uh, there's not a reason to work together. And so uh, that's been something that's been really important is that the clients uh, are just as important as, you know, building the business because you've right. got to be able to, so to, to share value, but you also have to be able to have clients that, you know, uh, represent the business well, which sounds so weird, but um, so yeah, we've, we've done that. We've, we've learned how to distribute content. We've learned how to make things go viral. We've learned how to run socials, create content. Um, we've produced billions of impressions across social media. Um, we have partnerships with companies like Snapchat, where we uh, help bring content to the platform. Um, oh, is that why Snapchat has had this beautiful resurgence? We like Snapchat. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, and, and so just there's watch out for a lot of cool things that we're doing as a business and continuing to grow. And if we uh, continue to grow at the pace we are, uh, you know, we we've become a really desirable company to, you know, to talk about and uh, we'll continue to do that. So I think that's something that's really exciting for us. Wow. I'm excited to see what the future holds for you guys. Wow. Thank you. Don't forget it. Don't forget the little people as you grow. Never. And the Owen we're sending. Yeah, I don't, yeah. don't believe me. And if you could send us some of this BLK water, oh, it's really good. Me. It's going to be on the first shipment out, I swear. Right. I'm so glad you that you guys like it. Like, is this a tea? No, it's like, a, no, it's water. It has fulvic acid in it, which is why it's black. It's uh, good for detoxification and um, helps with your absorption of nutrient. Like not to, not to sound like a commercial, but and for sugar and sugar-free. Um, it helps with your nutrients. Um, Great. Yeah, and inflammation. And also, you know, by the way, I know you guys are young, so I'm going to say this. Yep. It's supposed to be a great hangover uh, cure. Falvic, yeah. We don't, we don't drink, so, you know. Oh, yeah, sure. <laughs> no, sure. Uh, and then silence. That, that was a presumptuous statement. <laughs> yeah, right, 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 exactly. I know who I'm talking to. I know my audience. Well, I know the people exactly. beside me. Uh, thank you guys for coming on. It's been a pleasure. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thanks, Ben. Thank you. Habits and hustle, time to get it rolling. Stay up on the grind, don't stop, keep it going. Habits and hustle from nothing into something. All out, hosted by Jennifer Cohen. Visionaries, tune in, you can get to know them. Be inspired, this is your moment. Excuses, we ain't having that. The Habits and Hustle Podcast, powered by Habitnest. This episode is brought to you by the Yap Media Podcast Network. I'm Hala Taha, CEO of the award-winning digital media empire, Yap Media, and host of Yap Young and Profiting Podcast, a number one entrepreneurship and self-improvement podcast where you can listen, learn, and profit. On Young and Profiting Podcast, I interview the brightest minds in the world, and I turn their wisdom into actionable advice that you can use in your daily life. Each week, we dive into a new topic like the art of side hustles, how to level up your influence and persuasion, and goal setting. I interview A-list guests on Young and Profiting. I've got the best guests, like the world's number one negotiation expert, Chris Voss, Shark, Damon John, serial entrepreneurs, Alex and Layla Hermosi, and even movie stars like Matthew McConaughey. There's absolutely no fluff on my podcast, and that's on purpose. Every episode is jam-packed with advice that's gonna push your life forward. I do my research, I get straight to the point, and I take things really seriously which is why I'm known as the podcast princess and how I became one of the top podcasters in the world in less than five years. Young and Profiting Podcast is for all ages. Don't let the name fool you. It's an advanced show. As long as you want to learn and level up, you will be forever young. So join Podcast Royalty and subscribe to Young and Profiting Podcast or Yap like it's often called by my Yap fam on Apple, Spotify, CastBox or wherever you listen to your podcasts.